Heisman Memorial Trophy is Joe Burrow. Louisiana State University, congratulations. Count every person's opinion from the last five years. There's no chance that I would be where I'm at right now. And welcome to episode 5 of the Average Joe's Podcast. My name is Jack Melberth. I am one half of your hosting duo. Alec will join us in just a second. A very interesting episode on tap for you guys today. We talk about the direction the Bengals are going to go at pick number 5 as we are just inside of a week until the draft commences in Cleveland. We talk about that. We also talk about the new uniforms that the Bengals rolled out on Monday. We talk about Joe Burrow flexing his scar for the masses. And we talk about Joe Burrow's appearance on Chris Collinsworth's podcast. We also got to hear from Duke Tobin this week. We'll give our thoughts on some of his interesting answers and so much more right here. So strap in because episode 5 starts now. All right, here we go, baby. Episode five. We're back in the back in it, back in it. Mr. Grandin, how are you doing this morning? Doing fantastic. Um, you know, we're only six days away from the draft now. So holy shit. And it looks like let's just segue that right into the first topic of the day. Um, looks like they're gonna take Chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with everything that Mr. Tobin said in his press conference, um, wants somebody who wants to contribute right away. I mean, you're thinking it's either Pitts or Chase, but it, it, it's probably going to be Chase. So, Yeah. Uh, he was very effusive in his praise of Kyle Pitts, which makes me think that um, if Kyle Pitts is there, he might be the pick. Um, but I, I, it really does look like they are poised to take Jamar Chase. Um, and you know, both of us, I, you know, I, I've waffled a bit. Um, I want them to take Panay Sewell. Um, but I'm not going to be mad if obviously if they take Jamar Chase. No, no. And I think we both agreed that, you know, we're happy with either pick, but I think, you know, all sides point to Jamar Chase. I don't know if this is like a facade, but, um, you know, the one thing that makes me mad about this Chase pick is that if they pick Chase, um, everybody's going to crush them. I mean, yep. national media will crush them yep. saying they don't care about Joe Burrow. It's just annoying. <clears throat> it's so. the narrative. It's the narrative. Now, Carson Palmer um, was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, um, and he made he made a great point um, that I want to talk about here. Um, he said – he wants, he, he thinks the Bengals should take Panay And his reasoning for that was Joe Burrow last season performed exponentially well, exceedingly well, whatever adjective you want to use to describe his play. He performed unbelievably well with, I mean, yes, he had AJ green as the third receiver, but let's not pretend AJ green was anything special. Can you imagine how much better he would have – this is what Carson was saying. Can you imagine how much better he would have been if he had a clean pocket in which to operate? And once he said that, I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about Carson who, you know, kind of had a similar injury to him. Yep. um, Cincinnati, so kind of had the same problems, you know. Had weapons, but the O-line wasn't great. Um, And that, But I think – yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, interview is good, and, and that's coming from Carson Palmer. Who, I mean, think about the beef that he had with the Bengals. I mean, ten years ago. I mean, the beef was, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there was hatred there. 
like pure there i guarantee you there still is a little bit of uneasiness on either side I, of that I, I mean maybe more from mike brown's side um, yeah. i think mike brown real I, I think he really honestly dislikes carson palmer i totally and 100 percent agree with that um but yeah i mean it's a great point and carson talked about when he was with the Bengals, and if you look back through history every Bengals team that has been great has been built with a really good O-line. The 05 team, great O-line. 2015, when they really, that was the best chance they've had to win a playoff game since 2005, great O-line. So, you know, and, and it's been proven time and again in the NFL. And, and I know this is such a tired debate. I am so sick. That's why I'm so happy the draft is in six days. It's such a tired debate because we're rehashing the same points, but valuable O-line play is expensive. And if you can get a guy, Panay Sewell will be a Cincinnati Bengal for five years and he will be 25 years old at the end of that five years. It's crazy. I just don't get the impetus I understand totally. Jamar Chase is a freaking amazing player. I do not understand the impetus because you can take a receiver next year. Oh, I, I mean, here, here's my thing. I it, 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 I think it comes down to they said best player available, but I think, honestly, they don't really mean that because they have two, I, I guess, two and a half glaring needs on the offense. I, CJ Uzama, we've talked about this two, three times. He's good but they're not going to not take pits because of him. And they don't have a third receiver. That's one glare you need. And they don't have a no lineman. So I think, you know, one of those three will be taken, you know, with the, with the, it's not best player available. That, that, that narrative is just not true because yeah. if it was best player available then they might take Michael Parsons and that's just not, you know, that's just not true. So, yeah. But you know, you make a great point and it's just something we're going to have to live with as Bengals fans. If they don't take Panay Sewell, they're going to get hammered. In also, media. this narrative from like Colin Cowherd has this mock draft. He's had mock drafts. I've watched every mock draft for the last month from him. And then every single mock draft he has is taken Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Like, just the, the out of touch, like, the, the people in the national media are just so out of touch with, like, the Bengals. It's unbelievable. Yeah. there And, you know, that kind of parlays into yet another uh, topic involving our Cincinnati Bengals. Um, really the only guy from a national perspective that I think, uh, kind of comprehends the Bengals is Chris Collinsworth, um, you know, played in Cincinnati and yeah, he's not, he, he's not the nicest guy to the Bengals when the Bengals are on NBC, but that's just something you have to live with. But, um, nonetheless, Joe Burrow was on his podcast this week, um, kind of talking about the rehab process and, and everything from that aspect, um, made a few interesting notes, um, I don't know if you listened to it. Uh, if you didn't, you did. What? Just kind of what were your takeaways? Uh, it sounds like Joe Burrow's uh, ahead of schedule, if we can place it in terms like that. Sounds like he's ahead of schedule on rehab, which is what you like to hear. Um, but just kind of what were your thoughts from, from that interview? So my thoughts were Joe Burrow sounds like he's ahead of schedule, like you said. Um, also, he kept talking about how Jamar Chase is you know, a hard worker, a great guy. Um, he gave a lot of praise for Jamar Chase. Yeah. But uh, he also said – he was also talking about how um, that he wants them to take best player available. So he wasn't, like, pigeonholing them. Yeah. Um, taking Jamar Chase, but he was definitely, you know, he was definitely kind of leaning towards Jamar Chase. Yeah. And if you read the tea leaves in, in everything that the Bengals have said this offseason – and you read the tea leaves from the Joe Burrow interview with Chris Collinsworth, you notice how they, the Bengals have for lack uh, or for, for their own detriment, potentially the Bengals have this interfaith in the guys in that offensive line room. Um, and if you listen to what they say, everybody is talking about the need to have a vertical passing game you do not hear them talking about the need to, I mean, yes, they know it's a need, but you do not hear them talk about it as much um, as the O-line or the O-line is not talked about as much, my bad wording, but you know, if you read the tea leaves, it certainly seems like it's Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think something about, they always say that the guys, the O-line room 
if they're healthy, they'll be good. But honestly, I, I, I don't know if I believe that narrative. I, I, I honestly don't know if I do. Don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, you know, it's just such a tired narrative. Um, you know, we're only six days away and thank God that we're only six days away because this just needs to be put to rest and we need to move on. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow sounds great. Um, gave Zach Taylor a lot of praise, um, in the Chris Collinsworth interview. Um, and that's something I want to talk about. And, and I texted you and I texted all of our, uh, Bengals buddies. I said, you know, I'm a Joe Burrow believer. I don't think there's anybody on this Bengals fan base that is not. And if he is giving this effusive praise to Zach Taylor, I have no choice but to buy in once more for this season and just see where it goes. No, I agree. I, if your franchise quarterback is giving that much praise to, you know, a struggling young head coach, I think you have to buy in. Yeah. And Andrew Whitworth um, was on the Dave Lapham's pop- podcast. I mean, podcasts were going everywhere this week. Um, Dave Lapham had Andrew Whitworth on his podcast and Whit was talking about how every guy in that Rams locker room on their 2018 team knew that uh, Zach Taylor was a special guy and he was headed for great things. So, I mean, you know, at this point, I, I have no choice but to buy in once more. I mean, let's see what we can do this season. Yeah, you know, and I think I think if Zach Taylor, like if the Bengals had a decent O-line play and Joe Burrow pops, I think Zach Taylor could be great as an NFL head coach. He hasn't been given a lot of talent. You know what I mean? Like the defensive, the defensive talent he's had has been, you know, subpar at best. No, for and, sure. For sure. And, 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 he, and he's had to deal with Ryan Finley starting on quarterback for six, <laughs> seven. That's not fair. Like you can't win in the NFL. That's I don't know. I don't care what I don't care if it's Bill Belichick or Zach Taylor. You're not going to win with Ryan Finley consistently at quarterback. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and that's why I am. So full disclosure, I was on board to fire Zach at the end of last season. Um, for everybody listening, I thought he should be canned. Um, even when they first hired him, Alec can can second this. I I was so on board with hiring Bienemy when they hired him at first. I. I still always say uh, whenever Bienemy doesn't get a job, well, Bienemy's just going to look great in that orange and black in a couple of years. But uh, I say that as a joke, but yeah, I, I just have to buy in once more. It just has to happen. Yeah. We have, we have no choice at this point. We have absolutely no choice. We just have to see what happens this year. Um, But this, and we had this debate the other day, I think it is officially playoffs or bust for Zach Taylor and we we had this debate and I kind of pushed back a little bit um I I I do agree with you um I think it should at least be close to 500 but I think that you know um a point that was said the other day um the Bengals don't have a lot of room for injuries like their depth isn't crazy good so I think if the Bengals can stay healthy I think the Bengals and Joe Burrow pops kind of like I don't know. Um, some other quarterbacks in the last couple of years have, um, and they're in a year two. I, I I think they can make a push. They have to be at least in the conversation. If we if we roll into December, and I'm going to another yet another meaningless Bengals game in the month of December, it it has to be over. It has to be over. If we are playing meaningless football in the month of November and December, done. No, I agree. I, I, I think I think Zach Taylor's got to go if it if by Thanksgiving we're out of the playoff run. I 100% agree. And speaking speaking of the upcoming season, um, NFL announces the announcement of another announcement of the dates being announced. Uh, we're getting the NFL schedule uh, Wednesday, May 12th. Um, you know, I don't have many thoughts on that. Usually I just look every year at the schedule and kind of say, okay, when are the primetime games? When are the road trips? When are the bye weeks? That's just kind of yeah. all I look at. There's not much to dissect. I think in the NFL, um, you know, the road trips are important, but 
once you see who they're playing, I think that's all that really matters. Because you know where if you're playing at home, you know if you're playing them on the road. Yep. Um, I don't think it really matters the order, to be honest with you. Now so. we we will need to find out when their road trip out to Las Vegas is going to be this season and because we, we do have we potentially may be going. Average Joe's sponsored vacation to Las Vegas for the. Also, we uh, I, I, if I had you know had to had to choose preferably. I would not like to start off the season with the Chiefs. <laughs> you just play the Chiefs week 17 or 8. Is it 18 now? Yeah, there's 18 weeks now. Five, yeah, can we just play week 18 and just, you know, when Patrick Mahomes is resting? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not much to look for in that regard. We're, we, <laughs> But as is always, I say this now, and then when the schedule comes out, I'll get all giddy about, oh, my God, Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll have a full episode about the schedule. Also, I've, I'm going to officially retire from uh, predicting uh, records yep. for the season because last year I was terrible. I thought we were going eight and eight last year. I thought we were going eight and eight, and then literally we lost every game that I thought we like should win, and I'm yep. like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it happens every year. Happens every year. But the biggest announcement of the week. Um, let's not couch it anymore. New uniforms came out on Monday. We also get the announcement that defensive backs and receivers can now wear the single digits. Um, So that's exciting. But new uniforms, very exciting. They look really good. Oh, I these look more maybe look more modern, um, maybe a little more professional. And I really, really like them. Yeah, really. They look good. Just awesome. Now we are very upset. At least I am that we no don't orange have pants. orange pants. No orange pants. I you okay? I've seen. I saw the pictures on Twitter with the orange pants, and I was losing my mind. I would have bought. I would have bought the orange pants and worn them to a game. Now that being said, Elizabeth Blackburn said that there are nine different combinations. We saw seven in the photo. In the in the photo you have to think that there is another common, another there is. So the rules of the NFL, obviously you can have one helmet per year. Um, the Bengals have a painted helmet, not a decal helmet. So they can't change the helmet as much as people want them to. And the NFL also allows you to have four uniforms. We have three. So, you know, it would be, I think I'm thinking too much of the Bengals uh, rebirth as an innovative organization to say that they'll come out and surprise us with some throwback uniform in the middle of the season. But I mean, this team has rebranded its image in a way that I would not be shocked if come middle of the season on a Thursday night or something, we get orange pants and and white jerseys or something like that. That, that would make my year. Like, I don't even, I don't care. I don't care if they lose 35, zero. As long as I just need to see, I just need to see the orange pants. Yeah. Uh, so let's do a little run, pass, or boot. Um, which three uniform combinations? What is your favorite? Your run with that one. Pass okay. something you like but not in love with, and then boot your least favorite. Okay, so this is tough because I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but my least favorite is the orange top with the white pants. Oh or like, I, I honestly. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Oh, my God. Now, my favorite, and you might agree with me on this one, my favorite is the white top with the black pants. That is That looks clean. That looks really really clean. But now I'm going to kind of contradict myself here. My favorite jersey is the orange one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's. So you're running with white tops, black bottoms. You're booting yeah. orange on white. What what yeah. are you passing on? Um, I, I'm kind of passing on the the black on black. Yeah, um, I can get like I mean it's kind of you know I kind of generic. I mean we've seen it for forever as yeah. Bengals fans. So yeah, well I'm running with orange on white. I love okay. orange on white, okay. and because you know what they always win in the orange. They do. They. Yes, they do. They always win in the orange. They always win huge games in the orange. It's insane. Their record in orange is insane. 
they it's like patriots dynasty uh win percentage in the orange i swear it's unbelievable uh they wore orange once this season obviously beat the steelers uh last season we'll throw that away two and 14 nobody cares but the season before that they beat the dolphins in the in the orange uh and they beat somebody else in the orange the orange okay first cuss word of the show sorry kids out there the orange fucks the orange (laughs) it does no 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 the orange uh the i mean we beat aaron Rodgers at home like nine years ago in the orange like yep so i'm running orange on white i'm gonna pass on white on black i like it i really do uh and then i am booting I am going to get so much hate for this. I'm booting the all white. I just don't like it. I don't okay. like it. Uh, it. Okay. When you say you don't like it, does that mean um, like you absolutely hate it or like no. you can deal with it? I can deal with it. I mean, I love, okay. I love every combination that we have, but if we're doing this run pass or boot, yeah, that's it's, the one. It's my least favorite. I, I was never big on the color rush to be honest with you. Um, it just doesn't look like a Bengals uniform. Well, I mean, it has yeah, – yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. It, it doesn't have, like – their color rush kind of was more mod, – like, it was too modern too soon. Yeah. Like, it didn't match, um, you know, the other uniforms. So, yeah. And I know that that is just totally pot calling the kettle black, saying it doesn't look like a Bengals uniform when I love the orange jerseys. And they literally only introduced the orange jerseys 15 years ago. But nonetheless – the all white look, you know, it's, it's okay for me. I'm not a big fan. Oh, that being said, Joe Burrow makes it look way better when he's wearing it. Well, I agree. I, I mean, so does Jesse Bates. So uh, also a uh, quick thing. What do you think about Jesse Bates changes number to number three? I am like so that? on board. So I told I'm... my friends here in Columbus, I told them, I said, uh, I'm getting two jerseys. Um, I'm getting a burrow. And I think I'm, uh, th- once again, this is just me totally calling the kettle. This is just me being totally a hypocrite. I'm pro- I want to get a white Joe Burrow jersey, okay. and then I want to get the orange Jesse Bates jersey. After he changes to number three. Yes. I love uh, I love the new rule, though. I love that. No, I do. I, I think – okay, so I think the NFL should have done this, you know, way before. Because, you know, the NFL is more progressive in rules than college football is usually. Um and uh, I think, you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. I don't understand. Why not? Tom Brady's over here throwing a fit about it. Like, what does it matter? You're going to be out of the league in three years anyways. Uh, um, uh, I don't know about that. but Oh, he's out of the league in three years. If I will bet you money that, okay, so the Bengals play the Buccaneers next season. I will bet you money that that is the last time he plays a team in the AFC North is next season. Yeah, I can see that. I can well, see that. actually, no. With the 17th game, I don't know how that works. Anyways, regardless, he's done in three years. Yeah, three, four years, I think. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, love the new uniforms. Um, the jersey reveal was so well done. Oh, the uh, Chad? Dude, Chad looks like he could play now. I need Chad on the roster. for. How about this? Season. How about this? We don't draft Chase. We draft Sewell. We get Chad to play the outside for one year. Yes, yes. Bring him back. He is in. He's in football shape. <laughs> okay, here's the crate. Okay, I looked up. You know, Pro Football Reference for Chad. Yeah. First of all, eleven thousand yards, sixty-five. W, you know, but, Hall of Famer. No, it's not even a clause for Hall of Famer. Like he's if, a Hall of Famer. If Julian Edelman uh, gets in, freaking Hall of no, Famer. No, no, Julian Edelman's not getting in. Um, he gets in, and Chad Johnson does not. That's a crime. I'm driving to Canton. Your bird of the built duck. I, I can't say that on air, but <laughs> things will happen in Canton if Chad Johnson does not get into the Hall of Fame. But and then, sorry, continue. Um, but I, I I saw this; it was crazy. So he looks like he's in football shape now, right? Yeah, he hasn't played it at the NFL since 2011. <laughs> he retired when he was 32 or 31. It's crazy. I almost just want to put him in the ring of honor before Ken Anderson, just so that he has to be at Paul Brown stadium this, this season, just so he has to be there. Um, 
thinking of Joe Burrow, thinking of other things, um, a little off topic here, but do you think that if it's full capacity, they will have an in-person um, ring of honor ceremony? Yes. Yes. And I think the plan, I believe, <clears throat> I believe Goodell said the plan is for everybody to be full capacity. Now you've got these people. Yeah, no, I, other I don't think, I don't think the California teams will have full capacity. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Seahawks will. Texas teams um, will. <laughs> Texas will. I mean, they already, the Rangers already do. So, well, it's another five months. You know what I mean? That being said, you're going to have to pay somebody to go to a Texans game. Yeah, true. Well, you're going to have to pay them $80. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, speaking of, you know, schedule, ring of honor, all that stuff, new uniforms, um, you can book it right now. We will be, you and I will be at the home opener. We'll be there. Oh, uh, you'll have to drag me. I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to literally hold me and restrain me to my bed. Yeah. Me not going to the home opener. We're going. Um, but now, yeah, new uniforms look phenomenal. Joe Burrow showing off the scar. Um, just an absolute savage Instagram post. Um, I don't have the, I can pull up the quote, but whoa yeah he uh yeah he i mean even after did you hear about the uh on the chris collinsworth uh podcast he was talking it was like the fletcher cox story against the eagles yeah yeah and joe burrow gets hit out of bounds late and he tells the eagles d lineman like as a group he said you know when i'm when i'm the goat i'll get that call and that's just i mean to say that to a you know a three-time first team all pro five six time pro bowler as a rookie in like your third game that's that's pretty crazy yeah so chris collinsworth for those of you that are kind of in the dark about this story chris collinsworth um mentioned a story that is kind of well known throughout bengaldom but um bengals playing the eagles week three last year and joe burrow as we saw is just getting beat to shit um i think he got hit like 14 times in that game i might it might have been more um and he is just getting savagely attacked by the Philadelphia defensive line. And Chris Collinsworth is talking to Brandon Graham at some point later in the season, they were previewing one of their games and Brandon Graham comes up to Chris Collinsworth and he goes, you know, we were joking on the sideline. We were like, we can't believe this guy's getting up. Um, and he tells that story and he goes, yeah, we hit, we hit Joe out of bounds a little late once. And Joe looked at us and he goes, yeah, when I'm the best, I'll get that call. <laughs> I mean, to have, you know, just, I mean, to put it frank, the balls to say that Yeah. in your, was that their third game or fourth game? Third game. Third game. I mean, that's crazy. And yeah. I love it. So here's the Instagram quote. If you die without any scars, then you never did anything worth fighting for. Sheesh. I mean, let's be honest. You think he came up with that? You think I don't he know. His, his Instagram game is is pretty pretty solid. His social so. media is pre- his social media is pretty nice. Yeah. Um. But that's enough fanboy stuff about Burrow. Um. He looks good. Um. You know, if he's showing off the scar, that means he's feeling good. Um. So I think everything's positive in that aspect. And Duke Tobin said, echoed the same. He said, you know, we ex- we're expecting Joe to be back season opener. So. I mean, but you heard him. He said he was running. Um, he said he's throwing but not rolling out. So yeah. squatting. I mean, if you're squatting, your knee feels, you know, your knee your knee feels pretty good. So yeah, he said he's doing regular weights. Um, I would imagine in sometime in the next couple of weeks we will see uh, receivers in Cincinnati to do throwing or whatever. Um, but yeah, he looks really good. Um, and um, you know, that's that's kind of all all I got to say about that. He looks good. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit more about the draft. Um, it looks like they're going to go Jamar chase. Um, so we're kind of in this spot. It looks like where O-line is going to be addressed in the second round and some of the second round names that are popular, uh, Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame, solid, not really any elite traits, but he's a solid player. Immediate plug and play. Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama is probably the dream guy to get 
at 38. Uh, and then there's a whole host of other guys, but you know, the crop of prospects is there to address it. Just kind of what are your thoughts on second round O line? And um, cause that's the way it looks like they're going to address yeah. it. So, you know, I think for second round alignment, I think, you know, if you believe in Jonah Williams to be your left tackle and you think Riley Reef will be the right tackle, I think you take an interior alignment. Why um, Dave? You know, a guard, you know, or um, Leatherwood can uh, play guard. Leatherwood can play guard. I, I, I think it's too high to take, you know, Dickerson at center. I think it's, yeah. you know, a little too high. Injury um, history. But if he were, history. if he were healthy, he would be a very good pick. I, I think he'd be a late first if he was like, if he didn't without he the is, injury. Dude, he's insane. He is really good. We're talking about Landon Dickerson at Alabama, uh, tore his ACL last season, but just a phenomenal prospect. No, yeah. I, it, you know, I would, I really wouldn't be mad if they picked him. No. You know, it, it's kind of funny, not funny, but, um, you know, the Bengals pick all these guys in the first round that have, virtually no injury history and then all of a sudden they just start snapping groins and tearing achilles and all that stuff so maybe if they take a guy that has already done all of that maybe they don't have an injury no i agree um the only problem so taking an alabama lineman uh i have nauseous nauseous flashbacks to andre smith um (laughs) so uh, that's the same thing as saying if they take an Ohio State. Oh wait, yeah, I know. well, yeah, we they probably might. shouldn't take an Ohio State lineman. How about so no Wyatt Davis and no Leatherwood or Dickerson? Somebody else. Let's go to another school. Let's go to North Dakota State. Dylan Radunes. Yes. Yeah. I like him. He's a developmental guy. I like him though. Um, yeah, but I think we both agree. O line second round if they take. Yeah. Jamar Chase. If they take Jamar Chase, if they take Jamar Chase and they do not take an O lineman in the second round then I welcome the media to bash the Bengals. Um, I think the gap between Sewell and these O-linemen is less than the gap between Jamar Chase and Elijah Moore or Jamar Chase and pick a receiver that they'll have at 38. Um, That being said, after having watched Sewell, reading articles about Sewell, I'm fully on board wanting them to take Sewell. I think, so this was my quote. I want Sewell. I think it'll be Chase. I dream about Kyle Pitts. I I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think Kyle Pitts would be the dream. Uh, I think, you know, Sewell's who we want. And like you said, I think Jamar Chase will be the pick. But I think Kyle Pitts is very, it's, I, I don't understand. So, I've been hearing more like negative stuff about Kyle Pitts in the last couple of weeks. And I don't know why, um, but when you watch his highlights, he's playing in the SEC and he looks like he's Megatron. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, he's unbelievable. So. Yeah. Um, the, the, the great thing about any of these three guys, you know, I don't get this Panay Sewell bashing party that people are having in the media about his maturity level any three of these guys is a automatically a high character individual um so we don't have to worry about that and we're going to get a blue chipper regardless so um but great options to have now the interesting thing another thing i want to discuss so the news comes out this week justin fields has epilepsy um and he's susceptible to having seizures now it hasn't been an issue at all at ohio state and to my knowledge it it has never caused him to actually have a seizure but i'm no doctor um the first point i want to make about that is it's bullshit that nfl teams release that privileged health information the second point i want to make is this might cause him to fall and therefore if he is there at five I would love for the Bengals to trade back with Denver if they want to come up. I actually agree with you hundred percent because I think if we trade back with Denver, um, you know, we could maybe potentially pick up an extra first next year, but also you're basically guaranteeing yourself one of the three. So, yeah. So 
so let's look at it from this lens. If they do trade back with Denver, and obviously this is a totally hypothetical exercise because I still think that the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks, but just for the sake of having the discussion, let's have the discussion. If they trade it back with Denver, I think you're automatically looking at um, Panay Sewell is probably gone by the time you hit the board and Jamar Chase is probably gone and Kyle Pitts is probably gone. But Rashawn Slater is a great pick there. Christian Derrissaw is a great pick there. Um, you're going to get a good player still at number nine. No, and, and especially – so I it, I would not trust – so if so say, you know, hypothetically, we're doing hypotheticals here. If the Broncos would give us their first next year um, to move up to get their guy, I don't trust Drew Locke or Justin Fields to carry that team out of yeah. the market. The Broncos are going to suck regardless, so the right. pick is going to be good. That, that's what I'm saying. And, and um, you know, if, if what we want – come to fruition and the Bengals play well, you know, they'll have a, you know, pick around 18, you know, 18 to 20. And then um, they'll have a higher pick with the Broncos. So. So here's my thing. The wide receiver class next year is jaw dropping the guys that you have in that class. Take even just take out the two guys from Ohio state, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. It is still an insane receiver class. The O-line class is not as good. You've got Thayer Munford also from Ohio state. It's going to be a good player, but there is no elite O-line prospect like you see this year. Rashawn Slater can be a pro bowl guard. And if you trade that down to nine and you are able to get Rashawn Slater a second round pick this year and a first next year to move down. hundred percent. No brainer in my no opinion. No brainer. No brainer. Now I get, now I get, okay, this is the thing. This is the craziest part about hypotheticals. We don't know if Sewell or like if I think Chase will be gone for sure. Yeah. I, think I Detroit, don't know. About and I don't know about Pitts and I don't know about Sewell though. Yeah. So here, here's my thing. I tried to cobble together a mock draft. Um, I it surely seems like if the Bengals do not take Panay Sewell, the Miami Dolphins might take him. Um, but if the Bengals don't take Jamar Chase, the Miami Dolphins are definitely taking him. The Lions are definitely taking a receiver. And then Carolina is the only pick where you could say, we don't know what's going to happen. So Kyle Pitts could still be there at number nine. He could be. And I also think if um... – you know, if 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 the uh, Dolphins don't take Jamar Chase uh, in the hypothetical, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I could see the Lions taking Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. I, I I really do. That's what they have a lot of mocks mocks to. Yeah. Uh, then the Panthers, you got to think they already have, you know, pretty good wide receivers. So. Yeah. Like a person's I, could be play or something like that. So. I like their chances to still get a great player at number nine if they move down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys in this draft that are really good. Yeah, this is a deep offensive draft. This is an awful draft for defense. So thank God the Bengals addressed defense and free agency. Well, in quotes addressed, but we'll you see. Know, it's the best they could do um, with what they were given. Um, but yeah, I mean, so in summary, since this is the last episode we're doing before the draft. We think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I'm not confident enough to put money on it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jamar Chase. Um, and just be prepared, Bengals fans, for the national media to eviscerate the Bengals um, once they take Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, I, and to be honest, I don't really listen no. to – people's opinion of the national media about the Bengals. Like I, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. That being said, I am totally not ruling out the possibility of them taking Panay Sewell, but anybody who thinks that the Bengals will ever cave to the opinions of outsiders like Carson Palmer or the national media, I don't know what team you're following because the Bengals do not care. 
Um, yeah, to be honest, I think Mike Brown heard that Carson Palmer interview about taking Panay Sewell and won't take Panay Sewell just on purpose to give a middle finger to Carson Palmer. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if so, let's just let's just put it all on the table here. If Justin Fields is there at five, I think they would be foolish to not at least listen to Denver or another team. But Denver is the only team that I think they should trade with. Um, I do not want to go all the way back to 15 with New England. That's way too far. Um, If Carolina, for some reason, wants to come up for him, obviously I would listen to them. Um, But it feels like Denver is the kind of team to to eye for a trade. Um, So – Trading down would be acceptable. I think the only way, this is what we talked about in one of our first episodes, the only way for them to screw this up royally would be to take any of the other three guys, anybody other than the three guys that we have said they should take. At five. At five. At five. If they take Slater at nine, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, no, I agree. I think because I think Slater would be maybe the top O-lineman next year. So And he would be – He's going to be a damn good guard in the NFL. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. No, yeah, um, so five is the three. So. Yeah. So that's all we have to say about that. Looking forward so much to the NFL draft. I love it, the draft. It might be the Thursday first round might be the best night of the year. Like, there's a lot of good nights in a year. It might rival New Year's, might rival Christmas Eve, NFL draft every year it's pretty it's pretty damn good it's pretty good um thanksgiving i mean it's 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 the second best thursday of the year thanksgiving okay i'll I'll give you thanksgiving i'll I'll, I'll concede thanksgiving but thanksgiving's an elite holiday i might i I might even put it above christmas eve i'm being honest all right so what are your three favorite holidays three favorite holidays Uh, just because it's your birthday first, I'll go Fourth of July. Oh, thank you. That's number one. Hey, I'm just I'm just throwing you a bone. Um, You're pandering. I'm pandering. I'm, I'm I'm just trying to yeah trying to trying to make you happy. Uh, I'd say New Year's Eve. Um, I'd count it as a holiday. Pretty elite holiday. Yeah, yeah we've had some pretty elite uh, New Year's Eves. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'd probably say, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving tide. You know. Okay. Okay. I so Thanksgiving is number one. Yeah. It's a whole day where you sit on the couch, eat food, and watch football. I mean Does it for, count? Does it count though if you're watching the Lions? <laughs> is that football? Maybe the Bengals get the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving this year. I pray I pray to God we don't. <laughs> I hope we don't. I really don't want it. Um Thanksgiving is number one. Great holiday. Um, you know, I'm, I love Memorial day. Um, I I think it's a great holiday, but it's not good enough to be in the top three. I'll go Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th of July, 4th of July, 4th of July in Centerville is just different. Yeah. The Americana festival. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our impromptu holidays ranking. Thank you for sticking around for this portion of the show. Um, trivia time, trivia time. You have a question. I can come up with a question. Um, how about you come up with it? Your, okay. your, 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 your questions are better than mine. Okay. Let me come up with one real quick here. Cue the Jeopardy theme song. While we're waiting, uh, what do you think? What do you think about Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy? I think he's done a good job. I mean, the the one guy zinged him for, um, you know, who who kicked that field goal? Who yeah. said to kick that field goal? That was that was hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I think it's hard to follow a legend, but I think he's doing a pretty good job. Also, I didn't know this. Um, Colin Cowherd was talking about this. Um, he would get paid twelve to fifteen million dollars a year. For 40 days of filming for Jeopardy. Jesus. So then he was saying that he could take a pay cut for the Packers so they don't suck. 
All right, here you go. Here's a question. Yes, sir. Who was the last Cincinnati Bengal, you know, receiver, very receiver-themed podcast today? Who was the last Cincinnati Bengal to lead the NFL in receptions? Receptions. Um, okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go first. A question: Is it before 2000? No, no. Um, okay, is it Chad Johnson? It is not Chad Johnson. Huh. Lead the NFL. Lead the NFL. Oh God. Um, it's not AJ, is it? It is not AJ. Dude. Um, was it TJ? TJ Hushmanzada in 2007, 112 really? catches. Are you serious? Yep. I, I had no I, I did not know that. That is crazy. TJ Hushmanzada. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty insane. That was an insane year for him. Holy crap. 112 catches, 1,143 yards, 12 touchdowns. Was he, was he an all-pro? Um, was he just a pro bowler? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Lots of Googling. Pro Bowl. He just pro bowl. Yeah, it was just a pro bowl. Yeah, pro bowl. Wow. That's pretty insane. That is actually crazy. All right. Now it's time for um, a segment we've been looking forward to all week. The Cincinnati Reds update. Dude, I I don't want to talk about this. If you weren't paying attention, folks, the starting pitching for the Reds in the last series against the Diamondbacks. Did you know they played the Diamondbacks? I was totally, uh, I was totally unaware. Uh, I mean, I thought they, it looked like they were playing a Triple A team, and they got swept. So, uh, so starting pitching oh, was damn good in the last series. Um, Luis Castillo, yeah, he gave up four runs on um, Tuesday night, but he still pitched fine enough to win. Um, the bullpen is not good. I'm just going to yeah, uh, leave that there. I'm I'm convinced you give me two months of practice, of training, and I could be better than Amir Garrett as the closer. I mean, this is bad. This is really bad. They gave up six runs in the 10th inning yesterday. Not only – but they gave up four in the – was it sixth or seventh? David Peralta looked like me – in rec baseball <laughs> mashing okay that was a that was a that was too big of a compliment for myself um david peralta had eight rbis yesterday literally imagine just literally walking him and you win you walk him every at bat you pre- you know they probably don't score four of those runs also can we talk about it's what crazy. the hell david bell is thinking not going out to like stop the game before Lucas Sims walked in the leading run the other night. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What the it's what ridiculous. the hell are we doing? Um this is the this is the problem with being a, a a smaller market baseball fan because you go on these runs where you go 6 and 1 and then you don't have enough money in the off season to, you know, get a nice bullpen and then it just turns to shit. So it really uh, it takes it takes a herculean effort to make Mike Brown look like the owner that's committed to winning in the city of Cincinnati. I mean, <laughs> Bob Castellini, you. I mean, ha- I mean, hats off to the guy. I mean, hats off to the guy. He made, he makes Mike Brown look like a spender. <laughs> Bad. He makes, he makes a guy who doesn't have an indoor practice facility, a billionaire who doesn't have an indoor practice facility look like a spender. Yeah, this is bad. Um, but, you know, on a positive note, Joey Votto still bangs. Oh, yeah. Joey Votto bangs. Uh, Castellanos got back on the board yesterday, still batting 292. Yeah, fuck Suarez MLB. hit a deep. Oh, MLB. I mean, that, it, we're, we, only, we won't even be Reds fans in 25 years because MLB will, will have collapsed from – the worst marketing in the history of the world, but I, th- I legitimately um, think that's so I, I lead a recitation this afternoon in about three hours. 
I guarantee you I could go into that room, pick a kid at random in that recitation, and he could do a better job running the MLB than Rob Manfred. The, the, the MLB is dying because the marketing is literally being done by a 97-year-old senile man. That's what I'm convinced. It's great. It's terrible. It's awful. It's the awful. suspension was awful. Um, there's really no words for that. But, you know, positive notes. Let's, let's think on the positive side. Jonathan Indio hit his first home run yesterday. Yeah. Jesse Winker is eviscerating the baseball right oh my now. God. Jesse Winker has put himself into the I'm I'm gonna say it MVP, MVP. category. Now it's he a shame has. he's on a he's gonna be on a crappy team. Um potentially, potentially. potentially. Oh dude, it's not even potentially, but they will we we said this before we started recording. They will go to St. Louis and win all three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Reds update. Screw this. Um, this is what we they in the words of Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And we let them off the hook. Um, if you want to crown them, crown their ass. I'm not gonna do it. Um yeah, screw this team. This this is just awful. Um, but that's I gotta pull myself together. That's enough, that's enough complaining about the reds because what did i expect yeah i i mean we let's be honest uh, we our expectations are not the highest no for the cincinnati reds so no um but yeah that kind of does it for episode five um next week um nfl draft thursday night eight o'clock finally it is finally here be there be there Uh, you're gonna be there Potentially. potentially? Yet. We'll make a pit stop through Columbus if yeah, you potentially go. Um but yeah, we'll do we'll do probably like a short 15, 10, 15 minute episode each night just talking about the pick or picks on days two and three. Um but yeah, I love it. The NFL draft is damn here. Um and I'm so excited. So with that being said, I think it's time to close up shop you got anything left to say for the folks uh no not really just really excited for the draft all right well who day